0: Welcome back to another episode of Murder Mondays with me, your host, Nicole. It was Sunday, July 21st, 2013. Jeremy and Christine Moody attended church like any other Sunday. The only difference in this day was what they had planned to do after church. After church, the Moody's drove over to Charles, Butch, Parker, and Gretchen Parker's home. Parker's had cameras surrounding their home and property, as Butch was a mechanic in his yard and had his belongings covered. The Moody's pulled up to the home, popped the hood on their vehicle as if it was broken down, then encountered Gretchen Parker. Surveillance then showed Butch came out of his home, after his wife, for a few minutes before returning inside. The Moody's followed them inside the home, Jeremy with a gun and Christine with a knife. Jeremy told deputies, and it was also caught on camera. The parkers said, we don't have any money, and Jeremy said, we aren't here to rob you. Jeremy then said, I'm here to kill you because you're a child molester. Then Jeremy shot Butch twice, once through the neck and once through the chest. He then shot Gretchen in the chest, while Christine then stabbed both bodies multiple times. There were no signs of forced entry. The door was left wide open. Investigators had to wait on animal control to take eight dogs, some puppies, two cats, and chickens out of the house and secure warrants before going inside. Jeremy simply had a clear motive. He killed because Butch was on the sex offenders list and Gretchen pretty much was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Charles Butch Parker was born and raised in North Carolina. His wife, Gretchen Parker, was born and raised in South Carolina. Together, they live in Jonesville, South Carolina, a small town in Union County. They were married for over 30 years. While they had no children together, they had a blended family. One of Gretchen's kids came from her being raped and abused by a family member. Butch and Gretchen were both disabled, but they worked on cars in their yard. Gretchen was never a registered sex offender. Butch was put on the sex offenders list because his ex-wife said he raped his daughter. His ex-wife gave him herpes, and when they tested Tina, the child, she did not have herpes. But he was still arrested, and many believe Butch was innocent. Now here's my interview with Jeremy Moody. Hi. Hey, Jeremy. How are you? Oh, uh, doing Well, good. Well. Awesome. Well, thanks for calling. I appreciate you calling, now. Jeremy. Tell me about yourself and where you're from, where you're born and raised. Well, my name is Jeremy
1: Moody. I was born in Union, South Carolina. I'm 39. Come from a a good family. My family were all involved in my life, which is kind of the the main issue of of everything, is the fact that I was fortunate enough to have people in my life that were interested. I was raised with good values, morals, all those good things. I am the son of a pastor. I graduated high school at an early age and then went on to college and got a degree in theology. And then when I was 31, uh, I committed a crime and what landed me in prison.
0: How did you meet your wife, Christine?
1: We actually met on MySpace at the time. We met through a mutual friend. And I had commented on a friend's page about some MMA fighter. She thought it was funny, and so we just kind of corresponded in the skinhead realm of things. It's sort of a small world, even though it's fast and, you know, it, it kind of is in all the countries, but everyone eventually knows everyone, anybody that is anyone, if that makes sense. So at the time I was doing a radio show called 88 Degrees, with this guy named Martin Cox who died a few years ago. He was with, if you ever seen the movie American History Exit, near the, the section of the movie where the band is playing, mm-hmm. where the guy goes to save his brother or something from some meeting. Well, the band, the actual band is a real skinhead band. That's my friend's band called Platoon 14. So we met through him. She flew out from California. That's where she's from, Palmdale. She coming to South Carolina, we got married, and that
0: was it. Did y'all have any children?
1: No, she's got a daughter from another marriage, which is my stepdaughter. And I have my own biological daughter, but none together.
0: Do you ever get to see your daughter?
1: No. and See, my daughter lives in Philadelphia. When I was with her mom, I was not a very nice person to her. I was not physically abusive or anything like that and I worked and I was just not a good boyfriend. I was not supportive, I was distant, I was not involved. So we broke up. At the time, I just loved to travel, I had no attachments to anything and I had no children and so I would just travel. And so I ended up going to Philadelphia because I had met her at a rally once. It was in North Carolina. I actually met her mom at a rally. Her mom's a skinhead, too. And I'd never been to Philly, and we were talking online, and I decided to just move up there because she needed a roommate and, you know, ended up hooking up and getting pregnant and all that jazz. So, no, I don't—unfortunately, I don't have a relationship with my daughter. I'm, I'm trying to do that now. She's 15 now. I don't know anything about her.
0: Hopefully, you'll get the chance to do that.
1: Yeah, well, see, her mom had wrote me a letter like almost a year ago now. I I sent her a letter because I knew where her parents lived. Her parents, her parents despise me. She, somehow, she got the letter, and she wrote me back like less than a year ago, like eight months ago. Just told me that she thinks it would be good for me to get to know my daughter. And all that stuff. And and then she just like, I don't know, she never followed up with me getting to know my daughter. And it was just kind of a pain in the ass. It would have been much better if you would have left me alone. You know, I was coping. But now you dangle this thing in front of me and you just pull it away again.
0: So tell me about your tattoos. And you have skinhead on your neck and white power on your head and then horns like on your temples. Can you explain, typically when people have tattoos, there's a meaning behind them?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I was a skinhead for 22 years.
0: What exactly is, is a skinhead?
1: skinhead? Well, I, I'm glad you actually asked that question. That, that's a good question, and it's it is one that people do not have a good understanding of because it's poorly represented They the skinhead. When you think of a skinhead, you think typically of a drug runner, or a mule, or someone that can organize crime and commits just atrocities. But a real skinhead is a hardworking man that provides for his family, is honest, is drug free, doesn't cheat on his family or his wife, anyone, and has integrity. And. If you think of that, if you take away the skinhead aspect of that, and you just say all those things about a man, you say, well, he's a good man. But because you add the skinhead element, and and what is a skinhead? A skinhead is all of those virtues, plus a man that is proud of his race and proud of his people's accomplishments and has no desire to hurt anyone of color, anyone of of sexual orientation, none of those things. He only loves his people. He doesn't have any emotion for other people. It's like a, a tree that gets cut down. You don't feel anything for them. It's, you know, it, they 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 just exist. But you don't have to be. You can be kind to them. You can be polite. But your your only interest are your people.
0: So, with saying that, typically, you know, you're not out to hurt anybody. What came upon you to commit the crime that you committed? I let me give you a little backstory first, okay? So it'll it'll kind of fall into place. Okay.
1: Years ago, when I was younger, I had committed on my own, not because of my affiliations or because of, uh, you know, I was pressured into doing something. I just did it for the sake of doing it. Committed very similar crimes before, if you catch my meaning. And so in talking to my wife about this years later, sharing with some very vague details with her and the fact that she had victimized victimized her entire life, her entire childhood, I despised them, sure, you know, but it wasn't like I despised them more or less than anything else. Mm-hmm. So my wife showed an interest in wanting to commit a crime like that, and so I found I thought would be the perfect target to those kinds of people, I did a search for the sex offender registry. I found a guy and I Googled Earth a lot of people's addresses and saw that he lived in a fairly remote area with adjacent interstate nearby. So that I knew that I could just kill him and get on the interstate and, and be gone. So I just kind of set it up. And I told her I was gonna kill this guy after church. And, uh, I don't think she believed me. I think she felt like she had something to prove. That's what happened. I, I, I did it. I did it.
0: Do you have any remorse for what happened?
1: No. I'm, I'm sorry I hurt my family. I'm sorry I I am out of my children's life and, and all of those things. I'm sorry I was apprehended. I'm not sorry that two people that hurt children are no longer among the living. No. In fact, if a person that commits premeditated murder tries to tell you that they're sorry, they are a liar, there's no way you can rationalize murder and think of all of the consequences. Go and commit the crime and then be truly sorry for it. Impossible. Impossible.
0: Do you ever get to talk to your wife anymore? We used to talk for a while for a couple years and then
1: She stopped talking to me, I think under the pressure of her family. I know prison's hard for her, because she's my wife's from California, so all of her family is in California. She has no one. I don't know. Maybe this makes it easier for her to have no connection. I'm not sure. But no, we don't talk anymore. She signed a no contact, so I couldn't communicate with her. She was all upset, pissed off at me, and she has a right to be angry. She had no involvement in the crime, even though she posted a big game, and I understand why she did it. I mean, I can't imagine someone taking my life away for something I did not do. It's probably much easier to say that you did do something, and it doesn't sting as bad. But her involvement was futile. She was just there. She did stab a dead body, but, I mean, it was a dead body. She didn't kill anyone.
0: Do you have any hobbies in jail?
1: I agree a lot. I attend a bunch of classes, as many classes as I can. I'm in a character's unit in prison. I've been over six years now disciplinary free. I don't get in trouble. And that kind of goes back with being a good person. I know you probably wonder how can a good person commit murder, but I attend classes and uh, things like that, whatever is available. At some point, they're going to bring back confirming courses, mostly of their writing courses and things of that nature, which I hope to be able to get involved in. Most of the time in most prisons, which is ironic, child blusters and baby rapists and all, they have all of the best jobs. You hear a rapist or homosexual that you are catered to and protected, which I'll never understand. So all of those jobs are pretty much theirs and as you might imagine well they don't feel different. they probably feel one sided towards me when they see me you know maybe are concerned reluctant don't quite know what my intentions are so
0: I don't exactly get a fair shake even in prison I don't get a fair shake I got you is there a chance yeah. you'll ever get out
1: no unless I learn to fly or something you know <laughs> no, I'll never get out
0: So you got life without parole?
1: Yeah, I I got three lives, three consecutive life sentences. Then I got two counts of kidnapping, which is 30 years and 30 years. And then I got five years for the weapon, or the commission of a violent crime. The state was seeking the death penalty. In South Carolina, I don't know if you know how the process of how they seek the death penalty. So what what, what happened is, the governor, issue a death warrant to you, your lawyers will give it to you, and it'll be signed, like mine was signed by Nikki Haley, and it'll let you know that the state will be pursuing the death penalty, and of course they want to work work something, a plea deal or something, and, and you know, my, my family was upset, they didn't want me to get executed, so I just pled guilty in exchange to avoid the death penalty, but... I kind of wish I wouldn't have now. Um, after having been in prison for a while, I don't want to die of old age in prison. i I don't want to die. I don't want to die of old age. You know, like like ninety or something in here.
0: Would yeah. you say that you are a Christian and that you believe in Jesus?
1: No, I would say no.
0: Okay. I think that's about all the questions I have for you. Is there anything that you would like to say to anyone?
1: Yeah, you should check out my books on lulu dot com. You can search for me by author, Jeremy Moody.
0: What was that website? W-l-u.com.
1: Are you an author? I about it are... yeah, I, re- I wrote one book before my incarceration, and I written another one since I've been incarcerated. It's like the second one's called The Jewish Scourge. The first one is called Yesterday, Today, and Forever. Which is interesting. They try to use that book against me because I, I, I one of the chapters, I mentioned the desire to uh, liquidate sex offenders.
0: That just popped in my head. Didn't you have a list of people that you had intended to continue? With?
1: No, no. That's, um, I think it was kind of hyped up. If you don't mind, I would like to address a couple issues that were, that are not true. Sure. Well, the list is not true. So what, what Actually what happened was the day that they arrested me that there was a guy's name, his name was Lee Preston. He's a, a, a registered sex offender. So when I was cruising through the sex offender registry, Was a debate on who I was going to kill first, Charles Parker or him. And so I chose Charles Parker. And then, so what I was going to do was kill him the following day, well, a few days later. uh, His picture stuck out because I had dated briefly his cousin, and I thought he looked familiar. So we had a rapport, and I knew he smoked uh, marijuana. So I even went so far as to buy a blunt so that I could lure him into my vehicle, and because of Google Earth, I knew that there was a field near his house, and I was going to just tell him, hey, well, we can't do this in the car, you know, it'll leave a smell, and my wife will get mad, and just kill him in the field, but, so it was really just one name on the list, it wasn't like a list, it was just one guy's name on the back of a power bill with his address on it, Mm -hmm. his name and address. The other thing was it said that I was sexually abused by a grandpa or a grandfather, someone like that. My grandfather actually died like 15 years before I was even born, so I never knew him. My wife, however, was sexually abused. I, if, if I had been, I would admit it because it wouldn't be no fault of my own. You know, you can't control what people do. But unfortunately, it did happen to her. It did not happen to me, so I don't know where that came from. Yeah, they mentioned my tattoos and all at court, which doesn't make sense. I mean, really, would anyone have even heard of this charge, my crime, if I didn't have these tattoos? Now, people get killed all the time. It's not a big deal. I don't know why they used my tattoos against me.
0: I'm not sure. Well, thanks for clarifying that.
1: Would you like to know something about this guy? What's that? Um, when, see, when you get arrested, they provide you with something called a motion of discovery. Are you familiar with that? No, sir. Well, a motion of discovery is a list of the evidence that the state has against you. That's what it is. All of the evidence. They have to provide it with you so you can prepare a defense. It's called a motion of discovery. So when I was in jail, they, my lawyer gave me my motion of discovery. He has all this information against Charles Parker and Gretchen Parker, right? Both of them, both people. Well, Charles Parker had moved from North Carolina. When he lived in North Carolina, there's a charge, a sexual assault charge on a mentally mentally handicapped woman who was a relative in North Carolina he went to prison for. He moved to South Carolina. He called a second-degree sexual offense charge, which is where I found him on the registry on a nine-year-old girl. Now, this is the part that they didn't tell you is Gretchen actually had a third-degree offense charge on the same nine-year-old girl, which means she either participated or she had knowledge of the abuse. So she didn't exactly die in vain either. Yeah, and this is crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I, I mean,
0: didn't know that.
1: Do you know most people that have sex charges against children, do you know how much time they get? 10, 12 years, sometimes 15 years. No more than 15 years unless you're a repeat offender. Never get time, And they don't think of the permanent life damages that they do to these children. There was a child's rights advocate who said that sexual abuse casts the, the shadow of a, the length of a lifetime. So you sexually abuse a person, they never forget it. There's no telling what kind of harm it does to them. You know, can they ever trust a person again? Did you destroy their womb? And they can never have children at all. Did you murder their womb? All of the women that I've ever met that were promiscuous or but you would consider slutty or sexually cavalier were all victims of sexual abuse. Most of the men in here that i have had the opportunity to talk to, that have committed serious charges like mine, were sexually victimized. So there is a correlation between sexual abuse and criminal behavior, you know? Mm-hmm. And no one seems to care. Mm. But meanwhile, they crucify me for protecting children. Only because of my tattoos. I'm sure it's only because of my tattoos.
0: I wish I had the answers. Are you looking for an extremely fun and stylish up-to-date salon then the color bar is the place for you our slogan is too glam to give a damn the color bar knows their colors and can slay anything located in Chapin South Carolina near the heart of Lake Murray our stylists stay up to date on all styles cuts and colors call for your free consultation at 803-932-HAIR That's 803-932-HAIR. We can't wait to meet you. Are you considering a move in 2022? Then this message is for you. Meet George Simmons from EXP Realty. He is the top agent on one of the top real estate teams serving Lake Murray and the surrounding counties here in South Carolina. After serving 20 years in the military and 10 years in law enforcement, George continues to serve the Lake Murray community by providing superior real estate representation. Call today for your free home valuation at 803-429-3337 or visit online at buyorselllakemurrayhomes.com. We look forward to serving you.